This is Chat and Spin Radio. Keep it locked on chatandspinradio.com. Great track there from Goldfrapp, Sister Magic. And I am very delighted to welcome my next guest. She's been on the show before, but it is marvelous to speak to the author and perfumer, Sarah McCartney. Sarah, thanks so much. How are you today? Oh, surviving a bit chilly. Yeah. But, um, yep, yep. Um, full speed ahead at the moment, preparing for London Craft Week. Wow. Well, I have. I am always very impressed just how many things you manage to do all at the one time. I think uh, busy does not does doesn't do well to describe it. But yeah, you do a lot, and. Uh, the new book is absolutely brilliant. Had a read of it and couldn't put it down. Have to say, it was the. I never normally read anything if it's on a computer or a phone because I like to do it the old school way. But um, thankfully, your publisher sent me the, the PDF and uh, it's amazing. Congratulations. Absolutely love it. Thank you very much. Well, I got um, I got a big box of them arrived at the studio today, so I can send you the real thing. Oh wow! Well, thank you. That that be wonderful. But what, uh, it must have taken quite some time. Is that the attention to detail is fantastic? I mean, I know obviously must uh, mention that you did write it with um, Samantha and also the other lady. Um, Brooke Belden. Brooke did Brooke. six of the reviews, okay. and Sam and I split the rest of the 500. Ah, okay, yeah. So, uh, brilliant choices, though. I mean, from from everything, from anybody that loves perfume, and um, certainly, you know, I, I do, that you, it, it is kind of like meeting your old friends again, and then, ah, there they are, and... I was wondering, is this going to be in? But it's very clever the way they're all grouped into different uh, sections because and it's not really that obvious. Was that your choice or did the publishers decide that? Or That was actually my recommendation. So what happened with it was, um, I mean, it is over five years ago that we started talking about it and okay. so I, I wrote a proposal and said how about we divide it up like this so if somebody knows that they like jasmine they can go to the jasmine part within florals and see that there's going to be something that's really inexpensive something they from from a niche perfume maybe a little bit more expensive perhaps from an indie that they'd never heard of mm. and so it's it's been it's suggestions it's a directory it's not supposed to be complete like the phone book but it's supposed to be directing people helpfully in uh, uh, you know to a perfume that they might not have tried before but they might really enjoy yeah absolutely i mean it's brilliant it is basically like a kind of a quick uh pointer exact sort of thermometer to what you will like if you like this then they're all on the same page so you know if you like aldehydes you've got them there you've got um reeve gauche chanel number five if you like tuberose there you can find them all there and yeah. uh the descriptions are so funny i, I loved the um there's one actually i can't remember which one it was for but it was described as like 
driving with the windows down and the music full blast. I love that. Oh, yeah, I can't remember that. But I think that was me. <laughs> I, it was you. Yeah, it was <laughs> you. <laughs> I've really been enjoying reading Sam's descriptions as well. She's been reading mine. She is amazing. And Very talented yeah. writer. I loved her description of Giorgio. That was just so good. Um, yes. Yeah, and she imagined that that's what um, Alexis would be wearing in Dynasty. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. brilliant. It Exactly. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, it was. I mean, it did take a long time, as you say. But the the publishers, uh, well, Alice, the illustrator, made it look so lovely. The publishers did a lot of the fact checking, but right. we put in. And as far as we could find out, we've said who the perfumers are because this is a really that is great thing. Yeah, yeah. I because what people don't realise is that perfumers behind the scenes, behind the brands, will make sense for really inexpensive brands and really expensive ones. So if they like the style of a certain perfumer, then they're all in the index. They are completely nuts about Maurice Roussel and his works. And he does things which are high street, affordable, and also things for Frederick Mal, which might be off the menu mm -hmm. for, for, for uh, yeah. a lot of people. So, and yeah. what, what people have been writing about is they like that it is very down to earth and includes all kinds of inexpensive things like yes. well I, I've included links because they make some great fragrances yeah and impulse people, amazing yeah, yeah so I mean it's a bit different from your book where you went you went for cult yes and quite a few I years kind of, ago now though I guess yes so it's yeah, kind of it's before actually, yeah it's on the shelf here that I have it in my, in my studio okay. so um but yeah this is this covers there's, there's only a few really expensive ones in ours because, hmm. well, the publishers said they want it like, on the shelves of bookshops so that and approachable for everybody. Yes, so, which it is. But it also is very in-depth and there is yeah. a fantastic introduction that explains really only, I would imagine, like uh, somebody like a perfumer like yourself could write with that authority so you have everything you have the yeah. perfumes that are in H&M you have the perfumes that are as you say Frederick Mal you have Santa Maria Novella covered but I don't think anybody would be intimidated by it you know it's it's got a fabulous warmth and a wit to it um yeah yeah. But we went friendly. We really we wanted it to be as if as if you went up to your friend who knows a lot about perfume and says, Will will you give me a bit of help choosing? <laughs> so yeah. that, that's why we only chose things that we really would recommend. And in fact by the end the editors were saying they'd spent a fortune. Oh really? They'd been reading things. Oh I must try that one. Yeah. Um, I, I I wrote the introduction of course you spotted that because yes. that, yeah, that I is could something tell. <laughs> very well written. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite in-depth and also I gave away a lot of secrets so that mm. other people wouldn't be able to do I wrote the glossary and so I'm quite, quite proud of the glossary right that, that yeah. glossary in um in Waterstones it's actually classed as humor and oh, wow. you know, <laughs> subsection as well as you know beauty and um yeah and stuff but they've they've yeah. also uh put it under humor because I think 
you know, people enjoy reading. Humor in everything. Yeah, it's very yeah. important. Yeah. Another another entry I loved, I can't remember, I think maybe it was Frederick Mao, maybe it was Lipstick Rose or something, but it was a brilliant description, brilliant story of you coming off of a bus and you were drenched in this perfume and these people followed you <laughs> down the road. Yeah. That, that was, that was <laughs> Une Rose by um, Edward Flechier. Okay. Yeah, that is a Frederick Mao, and yeah, I've been covered with it in Liberty. Wow. Um, and I was chatting to Peggy, who used to run the Frederick Mao there, and she said, shall I perfume you? And I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that involves walking round me and putting it all over my coat, so absolutely, you know, about 30 sprays of perfume. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah and I was followed down the, down the street by someone and said, can I just ask what you're wearing? So I, I gave them oh. my example. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the amazing thing about perfume is that it, it plants a memory in people and uh, you know scent does evoke these fantastic things but it was also you must have written the book very recently also because it does mention how in 2020 a lot of people well now 2021 it's a it's a hazard of the times people are losing their sense of smell and it is the most horrendous thing so ha, ha, did you write it, did you finish writing during the lockdown or what was the kind of timing, Sarah? Yeah, it, it was It was put back. So we wrote, uh, well, I, I wrote the proposal first mm -hmm. off in about 2015 and then it got rewritten and put in a drawer and brought back out again. And eventually we, I think we agreed to write it finally in 2018 yeah. and then we got going, it was supposed to come out in 20. 19 originally then it was moved oh to that would have been a good editor. year yeah <laughs> yeah but it would have been know, a good year yeah now now, now it's good because it's here but now people um, need it more possibly you know yeah. because they can't so, get out so much uh -huh. and uh yeah so, yeah the, the, the last bits that were written were the the introduction because so we, we uh, some perfumes were discontinued which is a shame so the like please will you fill a gap in here, Sarah, and write about Rose something. So there's lots of extra information in there that I had to quickly write. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> to, to fill up things that have discontinued. But yeah, um, with the loss of sense of smell and people realising how, how important, how much they miss it. Yes, if yeah. You never lost it. People, oh, sense of smell is not that important, is it? Mm. And then suddenly... Boom, then suddenly it has been apps i just thought can't can't really don't really fancy carrying on living anymore if i can't smell anything life is mm. so dull monotone and you're also dangerous because you don't realize how much you need that sense of smell for everything smell of the yeah. food is uh, you know is it off is it burning is there something a light in the house you know is the petrol in the car well that's another thing now isn't it probably not in the petrol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um i also i'm actually on the advisory board of a charity called fifth sense which is oh, set wow. up for people who've lost their sense of smell yeah and also sense of taste and as you can imagine they've been absolutely inundated with requests i end up making a film about how to help train your sense of smell to try and uh, yes come back correctly do you reckon that works yeah well i tell you what people stop doing some of the time when they lose the sense of smell and what what we don't notice we do is we all the time we pick things up and smell them Yes. We don't even notice. We take signals from our surroundings about whether in
people smell food. And when people have lost the sense of smell, they stop that sniffing, the action of sniffing. Ah, right. What, yeah. what you can do is you can anticipate what something ought to smell like. So if you're peeling an orange, mm. if you just think to yourself, oh, an orange, and you get a brief flash, a bit like the vision of somebody's face when you haven't seen them for a while. Is this a thing okay. sort of like... You kind of picture it just a little bit, like, oh, that's what an orange would be like. And then if you smell an orange and it wasn't an orange, you'd be surprised. Yeah. So you kind of program it, you program your head to yeah. accept this information before it comes. Because it's so odd, though. You, you just wouldn't believe it. I mean, I trust you have never lost your sense of smell at all, Sarah. Or maybe when you've had a bad cold. I don't know. I've lost my sense of taste, which was... Equally mm. interesting because then you realize how much of flavor is smell and how much of flavor is actually taste. Yes, uh, yeah. The, they there? both make life very yeah. bland. But just, this is, yeah, yeah. do not do it, do, don't ever do this, but I ate five sticks of raw rhubarb and burnt, I basically acid burned off my, um, uh, <laughs> the, the, the taste receptors on my tongue. Oh my so, lord. <laughs> You From know, rhubarb? Yeah. How yeah. would rhubarb do that? But it's too acidic. It was raw. It was oh, mature. of course. You, you shouldn't eat yeah. rhubarb. <laughs> wow. So, so <laughs> don't do that. I won't um, do that. Yeah. But it does remind me, just quickly, sorry, that I think there's another part in the book that says you can actually test a perfume in your mouth. Oh yeah, <laughs> retronasal olfaction. This is how. This is this is how we actually smell our food but we believe we're tasting it uh -huh. and we only find it, that, that's why food seems very bland when you've lost your sense of smell you think i can't taste mm. actually you can taste as much as you do it's sweet sour salty you know umami. spicy yeah but the individual aromas like mint and you know chicken and all of the different bits in wine um those are just they just disappear mm -hmm. but what you can do is if you take a scent strip and instead of putting it by your nose and breathing in, you stick it in your mouth, don't touch it, you stick it in your mouth and breathe in. Then when you exhale through your nose, you can smell the aroma. All and right, it, yeah. It's almost, because it's, it's still reaching the back of the nose, it's still reaching the olfactory bulb. Mm. Um, but it is, it is quite weird, it does do people's heads in. Yeah, that is mind-blowing a little bit. But, but Sarah, bit. yeah, with the um, consulting work that you do for this charity, is it Fifth Sense? That Fifth is, Sense, Fifth yeah. Sense. Uh, what would your kind of main advice be to people who are suffering from this now, having no sense of smell, just to keep the training, smell training, or just keep sniffing, yeah. keep trying? Yeah. And also not, not to worry, because mm -hmm. I don't know if you've noticed, but if we if there's a lot going on, if, uh, if, if there's a lot of noise, like on a plane, it's very difficult to smell, which is why that's very true. So horrible. That know? is very that, true. That's why they have to make the food extra tasty, because our sense of smell doesn't work so well on planes. Right, so yeah. if you take your own sandwiches onto a plane, they taste terrible. Okay. Because so, they're like extra salty, extra sweet, so that... We can taste because them. you're so, kind of nervous, do you reckon? That well, you can't it's smell. partly the noise, it's partly stress, it's partly vibration. Mm -hmm. But if, if, if there's a lot to look at, there's a lot happening, the brain just goes, yeah, yeah, okay, smell. We don't really need that quite this moment. Let's just get out of here and then we'll worry about smelling again. So mm. it cuts off the signal. Yeah. So 
one of the things is try and relax and think, well, it'll come back. Yes, Which is yeah. easier said than done. But, yeah. But also, if you just take the opportunity when you're approaching something, you go to a shop and the pencil, you think, mm, I know what that smells like. That smells like wood. Yeah. If you don't smell it. Pencil but sharp makes nice smell, yeah. Yeah, take the lid off some coffee, just think, right, okay, I know what coffee's going to smell like. Yeah. And you just keep triggering those memories of smell in your head so that when it starts to come back again, it knows which pathway to take. Exactly, because, but it, it's just so odd having a virus out there that kind of knocks off the nerves like that. It is pretty yeah. scary. But there was quite an interesting uh, news yesterday that said how vitamin A spray, yes. nasal spray, could help a lot. And I actually called my doctor and I was asking, you know, that yesterday morning, I was asking, do you have anything like this? I really need some nasal spray. And they said they had no idea about it at the time. But they said, well, you know, there's no, it's, it's certainly a good thing if you want to take a multivitamin, but we don't, we don't, I wouldn't recommend um you know, just vitamin A, but yeah, I don't know. Vitamin A is in a lot of things, and it could be something mm -hmm. that could help. Yeah, but well, uh, I, I take my multivitamins anyway, and um, yeah, <laughs> what we're getting on the the tube in London every morning to go to work. Oh um, goodness, yeah. You know, people not wearing the masks anymore, and me wanting to protect my sense of smell. Yes. Uh, let alone, you know, protect other people in case I've accidentally got it. So yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I'm on I'm on fresh fruit and veg and, and vitamins like like a good one. Very good. You've got to keep it up. Keep it up with the vitamins. But um, yeah, back to the book, The Perfume Companion. It really is. It's a marvelous addition to anyone's um, perfume library. And uh, I think it's it includes so many um, perfumes that there are some that are, you know, you you, a lot of people may not have heard of them at all but were there then those that are not in it and they are they are subsequently dismayed and not being included or did you just say look we choose what we we would like to choose I I did notice there was one English perfumer who is quite absent in it I don't know if you should name names but um uh, well what we did I mean it was look it's as it says in it, you know, it's so difficult yes. to choose 500 out of the 1,500 launched a year. Oh. So we had to choose things which were definitely going to stay in business. And, for example, at the time, the, I mean, there's a couple of um, my friends even who are not in, like Sarah Baker and oh, yes. um, Marina yes, Bastinilla who perfumes. are in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, but at the time when we did the proposal, ah. they were both considering. I mean, Marina had given it up because she did a PhD in astrobiology, heaven for fan. Oh, wow. She's that yeah. brainy. And Sarah wasn't sure whether she was actually going to go ahead with the perfume business. Right. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there's one in Sven Pritzkolite who gave it up shortly after. And I said, can we take this in, put something else in? And the publisher was just going, look, we have to just leave it in now because yeah. there's no... Um, uh, we can't afford another illustration, you know, it's, it's staying. Uh -huh. yeah. So we looked around and we thought we really were going to try not to put very expensive things in. Yeah, so, I like example, that. It makes it very approachable, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. 
mean, yeah. no, no Clive Christians made it, for example. No Clive Christians, um, no Mr. Dove. A couple of Christmas, I think, got through. Yeah, yeah. But um, we, we, we were looking at, if there's an alternative... Um, I mean, they, they might produce the most beautiful rose, but we're thinking, well, Paul Smith rose is probably better. And that's <laughs> yeah. So yeah. our decision was, look, there's this, this and this. Do we put in the expensive one or do we put in the the more affordable one? So we, we kind of chose one expensive one per page, mm-hmm. and if that. And some of them, we got to the end and just thought, oh, there's none of those in. But... Mm-hmm. There are, you know, that that's the way it is. I haven't heard from anybody yet that they're miffed that we left them out. All right. <laughs> well, hopefully, really yeah. Heard, I've only, we've only heard from our, the indie friends who, who are saying to us, "Yeah, oh, cheers. That was so nice to us in because you know we didn't tell anyone we were writing it. Didn't you? We, oh, that was no. that was amazing. You managed to keep it under your hat for so long. Yeah, we didn't have any brands. Okay. Oh, right. Yes. We didn't want anyone to say to us, "Well, here's a free bribe you." So actually, it cost us a blinking fortune by, yeah. you know, in days out in perfume shops. Lovely. And then, you know, you spend two hours sniffing all the things. You kind of obliged to buy at least one bottle. Mm. So, um, yeah. It, 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 actually, we spent more money than we got paid for writing the book, but. Uh, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, incredible, incredible achievement. It's a beautiful book, and um, yeah, it's out now. It must be a very exciting time for you. How did you feel when you first saw the book, Sarah? Oh, I was just delighted. I mean, I saw the PDF, of course, well before it was printed. Yes, because it went yeah. To press early spring, and so yeah, cutoff date was this spring. There was like last minute, quick amendment. So that's why there's a couple of last minute things that have made it in there including you know the news and yes. um so but when it you know the first copies turned off actually in our hands and think oh it's so happy <laughs> yeah and, like, the, amazing the on the front oh yeah i mean yeah. I'm it's so a moment you won't forget you will not forget that will you when you see the book yeah. in print. Yeah. It's a magical moment. But Sarah, it's wonderful also to have your um, experience and um, everything that you give as a perfumer to the book because I don't think there's many books really that are written um, with, the, with the perfumer's knowledge too. And you've been making perfumes, I don't know, what, 10, 15 years now? Yeah, you, 10 years. Yeah, yeah, 10 years. I just wondered to ask how you first got into perfume and what were the very first smells or perfumes that you really loved oh well I mean my childhood thing I wasn't trying to make perfumes in the garden I was trying to make spells because I wanted to be a witch when I grew up okay that that was my ambition so um my my own first perfume that I bought for myself was Diorella with, Diorella. with the money I saved up after passing my O-levels. Ah, um, you got paid for passing your O-level. How was that? Do you know your aunties would give you ah, 10 pence? very good, yes. Or that's you know, 50 pence if you were lucky. Yes. And then you'd save it up and that was your holiday money. Mm. That, that's what happened. I didn't actually get paid. Mm. Um, <laughs> but you know just go around and say and I've got 11 days for another level they go oh here's 50 pence stuff that <laughs> so I bought spent that on Diorella yes so, lovely um, but you know 
fast forward, I worked for Lush for 14 years, writing the Lush Times. Okay, yeah. So I got into the habit of writing about scents, so that yes. that's not too hard for me. It's not a struggle to write about them because I love it. And yeah. then when I left Lush, I wrote a novel about a perfumer who makes fragrances to remind people of happy times. Right. And that's called The Scent of Possibility. And it's not, it's, it's only self-published, so because I, I never really got very far, because mm. I got distracted making the perfumes that I'd written about in the book. Oh, how so romantic. <laughs> I kind of switched track. I meant yeah, to be a novelist. Very poetic. And it turned out yeah. perfumer. Uh, well, this is another um, beautiful thing about the book that it also features quite a few of your perfumes too. So if people want to know where they fit in to the kind of perfume world, you, you can find them right there. But uh, you must have created a few perfumes now, maybe hundreds or how many yeah. would you say? Um Way more than that. I think we, we've got a hundred that are actually launched. Sometimes I just do little small batches and special editions for people mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, I, I, I try not to, um, but I just can't help it. They kind of burst out of me, and oh. I mean, we just yeah. just read another one this morning with with Arthur, our actor and chief bottler. We're going to create the first fragrance ever that goes with a podcast. Wow, that's a clever idea. Very good idea. I was, yeah. Okay, great. I was just going to ask of all these perfumes that you've created, you have to go on a desert island and you're, you're allowed to take three. Which would they be of your own? Okay. Well, if I was on a desert island, I might not need warm sand, blue ocean, because I could <laughs> Yes, but, but that is a beautiful one. one. Yeah. Um, uh, of my, I would take Meet Me on the Corner. Yes. Which was actually, I, I spent six years thinking about that one before I made it. Uh, it's a citrus sheeper in the style of the 1970s fragrances I liked so much. What like? Um, well, a bit like Diorella. Diorella, it, yeah. It has, what I wanted was not to copy or, you know, but I wanted to be a citrus sheeper fragrance that um, reminded me of how excited I felt at the time going out to a concert or yeah. going out on a date or something mm. in, in Newcastle in the 70s. So oh, cool. Yeah. I, I really, I'm really very fond of that one. Yeah. Um, others I reach for, one called Drive Them Wild, which I made it's for such a great week. name. I'd, I'd yeah. never heard of it before. I just thought, that is such a brilliant name. Amazing. Uh, it, I, I've kind of borrowed that. This, this is in honor of um, Dolores Del Rio. Made oh, with yes. materials all available in the 1930s. For London Craft Week 2019, which were, they kind of commissioned some fragrances. And it is... Um, well, she was she was described in a Hollywood magazine as saying that she would wear perfume in her hair to drive men wild. Okay. So, <laughs> so I named it "Drive Them Wild" after after her. Yeah, um, yeah, love it. And I would, yeah, I would go for I think um, complicated shadows. Complicated shadows. That yeah, that's mm. very nice. New newish one is it or? Yes. Yeah. yeah that's mm. that's um, we we actually crowdfunded that one because it has a natural um, narcissus absolute and oris butter and 
vanilla absolute and some horrendously expensive things in. So we crowdfunded it yeah. over last year to this year and now now I've launched it. The last of the clouds series. Brilliant. But Very good. I love it. But also another thing that I, um, I love about the book, but also about your um, perfume, um, your perfume, Sarah, is the names. But maybe it's, as you say, that you were going to be a writer and then you switch tracks because yeah. the names are like no ordinary perfumes. It's uh, very, very evocative, very interesting, um, just go along a yeah. path completely just on, uh, with the name. But w was that always the case with the per your perfume names? It was. Um, I'm trying to think um, which was the, the first and, and weirdest one that I did. I mean, I had to change a couple. One of them was called Urora's Tokyo Cafe. Yeah. Because I made it for a fundraising event in Tokyo, my friend's cafe, um, and it smells of blossoms, really, sort of blossoms oh, blowing Japanese through the blossoms. Lovely, yeah. But people imagined that it was going to smell like sort of tobacco and whiskey, <gasps> and also they couldn't pronounce urara. So ah, <laughs> um, yeah. it ended up being called Tokyo Spring Blossom, which seemed, seemed to be much more sensible. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Uh, we have a... But you're by the fireside. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, lovely. But I was just going to say, also included is the the four one six zero Tuesday's incredible bestseller, which is "Sexy Scent on the Planet." Oh yeah, "Sexy Scent on the Planet" ever I M H O. <laughs> yes, its full name. Yeah, um, that's just because I I made this thing to be customised at an event at the gin event. Oh wow! And it's made very simply out of four materials, and uh, it didn't have a name. It was just called the base. Okay. Um, and and so I did a special event, just a one to one for, uh, at this week for a tackler journalist, and she okay. just said. Can I just have the base? Because this is a sexy scent ever. <laughs> so I said yes, and then I, I named it that. So sexy scent on the planet ever, IMHO, to, to make sure people knew I was joking, really. Mm -hmm. Yes. Except yeah. that our Americans take it terribly seriously and think I'm claiming that I, I've actually made the sexiest scent on the planet and I well, have to explain know. It's, yeah. it's, it's British humour and we're just taking the mickey out of ourselves as yeah. usual yeah so brilliant but the book is full of that absolutely it is one of the best um, perfume books I have read very long time it's completely different from anything else out there fantastic gift got it out right at the best time for Christmas so Sarah how is the best way that people can find the book buy the book and uh, are, are well, there going it, to be any yeah. places to do you're doing a signing or anything or um I'm, I'm not, not going the moment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. quite right. Avoid, avoid crowds, but um, no, unfortunately, we couldn't. We couldn't have a launch party, so we we did we did it online instead. I think yes, our, our Instagram live. Um, well, it is actually in lots of bookshops. If you've still got an independent bookshop locally, please, please yes, please get it from there. Uh -huh. um, I mean, of course, you can get it online. Waterstones have it. WH Smith have it. Amazon, of course, have it. But, you know, 
the, the man will spend it on building a rocket. So, um, <laughs> thank uh, you. Yes. And not paying tax, but and yeah. so I would say, uh, if, if you can, or bookshop.com, they are helping to fund um, independent bookshops during these difficult times while people aren't out shopping so much. So, great, yeah. Them. Yeah, well, thank you so, so much, Sarah McCartney. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you about your book. And uh, obviously, visit 4160 Tuesdays for your beautiful perfumes and also have the amazing lockdown scents that are pretty much available too. So please check them out. But this book is um, absolutely what we really need right now, The Perfume Companion. Uh, I don't want to forget your other author, Samantha, because she's added such a, such, such oh, yeah. a great wit to it and Brooke as well but yeah it's been marvellous to have you on the show and hopefully come back on again soon and maybe even see you in person hopefully one day we'll see but thanks yeah. so much Sarah McCartney thank you thank, thank, thank you so much for having me thank you